Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Prime Time. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, over the last few weeks, we've been discussing quiet quitting. I'm sure you've heard some of our conversations. On our show today, we want to look at the flip side, something called quiet firing. Now, as the trend of quiet quitting emerges across workplaces, experts also warn employees of a management practice called quiet firing. I think many of you might have experienced it. You've either had to do it at some point in your life or you've been through it, or you've watched someone go through that process of quiet firing. It's been going on for some time, but largely unreported. Now, definitions of quiet firing range from employers who actively make working conditions miserable to forcing workers to resign, sidelining employees, encouraging them to leave without firing them outright, denying raises for years on end, blocking employees from opportunities for growth or promotion, even neglecting to give direct and timely feedback. So a LinkedIn news poll recently found that 83% of respondents reported having faced it themselves or have seen it be done at the workplace. How can all of this be managed in the workplace today? Well, we're joined now by Alex Hatting. She's Chief People Officer at Employment Hero. Hi, Alex. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Bharati. It's so lovely to be with you Mm. and to talk on this great topic. (laughs) Well, it's an interesting topic, but certainly no one wants this sort of thing to be done to them, right? I mean, social media platforms have been buzzing with memes, stories and posts about quiet quitting. Some, of course, call them slackers. Some say they're not necessarily slackers. They're still meeting their KPIs. They just don't go the extra mile. The thing is, I start off by talking about quiet quitting. Because it actually could be a response to quiet firing and vice versa, right, Alex? Oh, absolutely. And Variety, it's not a new phenomenon. It's about people rejecting the negative aspects of the hustle culture that has come about. They're deciding to set healthy boundaries around their work. And it speaks to the ongoing trend that we've come out of COVID at the moment and everyone has re-evaluated their priorities. And work is front of and centre of that re-evaluation because what takes up the most of our time? Our work. So much has changed and there's such a desire for flexibility. So we're seeing individuals place boundaries, but it's not the end of discretionary effort. So I don't agree with your um, sentiment of a slacker. Right. However, no, it's not my is- sentiment. It's what some oh. people are saying. Yeah. I don't believe that at all, actually, Alex. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. Although to that point, there is an extreme where quiet quitting could be in an extreme level where an employee Mm. is no longer aligned to your values such as teamwork. And so if you see an employee doing that, then you need to be at front foot and have a direct conversation with them. Alex, I'm seeing that you're not um, a team fit anymore. Accelerate that conversation, exit them from the organisation. This was also covered in the Times in New York uh, recently due to the TikTok coverage and they highlighted that um, it means different things to different people. So for some people, it's quitting the hustle culture, which is great. Um, but for others, it's it's not – they're seeing burnout, right? And so they're needing to quit. But the idea that burnout and quiet quitting are our only options are clearly a false choice there is a third alternative, which is being 100% engaged at work without burning out or sacrificing our health and happiness. 
and giving so 100% at work, I've got my boundaries. And I, when I'm off, I'm off and I'm giving 100% to my personal life, whether that's family, your loved ones, someone working, whatever it might be. So it, it doesn't reflect the quality of work. It's just about the conversations between people, between managers and their people. Yeah, exactly. But the key is to have those conversations instead of resorting to quiet firing. I mean, we have to bear in mind that quiet firing is not just a result of quiet quitting. I mean, it's been going on for some time in companies where managers have problems just managing staff. So if a person is underperforming, they don't know how to talk to them about their underperformance. They don't know how to help them up their game. So instead, they start to quietly fire them. That's detrimental, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Quiet firing is the wrong way to treat people. You need to treat people as humans and with respect. This is a manager copping out essentially. They're, they're, they're copying out of their duty of having a candid conversation or managing someone out. They need to have that dialogue with their employee about the issues or lack of performance. And if a manager is doing quiet firing, as we're calling it, they're not a good manager and they're not a good representation of the brand or the organisation. You need to have dignity and respect for people and how you treat them. We all deal with underperforming people, people that may not fit the values within an organisation, but you absolutely need to treat people as human beings and with respect. So just have that candid conversation. And if employees are feeling that way, they need to go and have the psychological safety to talk to someone within their organisation about the fact that they're feeling as though they're being, quote unquote, quietly fired because it's just not respectful to do that to anybody. We'll talk more about what employees should be doing if they find themselves in that situation. But some have raised the prospect that companies quietly fire in order to avoid paying severance fees or retrenchment benefits. What do you think? So managers need to empower themselves to treat people with respect and they need to stand up for themselves as managers. It's part of your role as a manager to stand up to your manager and say, no, I'm going to give this person actual candid feedback about how they're doing or what they're doing wrong so that we can help improve them. And if they exit the organisation, you need to know as hard as those conversations are, you're helping them move on and improve and be better in their next job. Mm, and don't be stingy. If you owe them benefits, pay those benefits, whether it's severance fees or retrenchment benefits, right? Now, some experts say this could just be a case of people who might be new to management and they don't know how to manage people. They aren't clear on what's expected of them in terms of giving feedback and building relationships with their team members. They need to be equipped with those skills to lead and manage. Employers do need to invest in the development of new managers, right? And make sure that the expectations of that role are clear. Absolutely. More than that, they have to empower managers to ask questions and say, oh, Alex, I have no idea how to enter this conversation. Can we put a script together? Um, and they need to be very authentic when they talk to people as well and transparent. I always coach any of my new managers through, if you're having a conversation with someone who might be not meeting expectations, say to them, you're nervous or anxious about having this conversation because it's not something you want to do, but you're doing it for their benefit. So you are absolutely correct. It's on the employer's behalf to make sure they're training their managers, equipping them with the skills to have those conversations. 
they're never nice, nice conversations. And it's you always want to be upfront with the employee around the fact that it's not a nice conversation and you never, ever want to sandwich something in terms of you're doing something really well, Alex. However, I need to tell you, you're not doing this well, but you're doing this well. So you just need to be really upfront and transparent and back it with facts. So you need to talk about behaviours and examples, real life examples. When it's related to genuine underperformance and good managers have tried their best, but just can't seem to help improve performance, there's still no need to be passive aggressive, is there? I mean, you need valid and legal reasons for letting someone go. Underperformance is a valid reason, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I've always, um, gosh, I've, I've learned from so many wonderful leaders in my career, but treating people beautifully is a value I hold very true to my heart. And managers need to understand that if someone is underperforming, talk to them as soon as you can and treat them as a human being with respect. Talk to them about where they're underperforming. Let them leave with dignity so that they move on and you set them up to succeed. It might be that the organization is not right for them. It could be a startup and they've come from a corporate. They need processes and they can't deal with that. There's all sorts of situations. You are 100% correct though. Yeah, so talk about the issues of fit and the fact that they have not performed, in which case, you know, you're under no obligation to keep them. Now, have you seen quiet firing happen? And simply because a manager doesn't like a subordinate's face, you know, there are no real grounds to fire them. So they embark on a process of quiet quitting. See it all the time. And I have, you know, friends that call me and talk to me about it um, outside of my work just because of the role I'm in. You see it all the time and it's um, unfortunately a cop-out. However, it's very much a cop-out on a manager's behalf to not uh, have that candid conversation and in real time. No, but there's nothing to converse about because the manager just has a bad feeling about this person. They are performing on the job. They're doing very well. It's just a case of I don't like their face. So in that case, the employee needs to be empowered to talk to somebody else within the organisation, whether it's people and culture slash HR, a manager skip level, to say they're feeling uncomfortable under this particular manager and they're feeling as though there's a particular personal bias against them around their performance. And that's the only way to do it. You, you know, the employee has to be empowered to step up and have that conversation. HR departments also should be a little more sensitive to such issues, right? They should be actually actively looking out for individuals who might be in that position and step in. You are so correct. And looking at data is a really big thing also. You know, are there particular managers that are um, letting people go during probation? And what are those reasons? And what are we doing during the recruitment process that's incorrect? So it's relying on data points and exit interviews and all sorts of things to make sure that as people in cultural HR, you're on the ball if you are seeing spikes within certain departments or functions of people leaving. Okay, so what should employees do if they feel they're being quietly fired? Some experts say you shouldn't run to HR immediately. You should initiate a conversation with your manager. But what do you think? Uh, I think it's really contingent on the organisation. So unfortunately, um, when I came back to Australia after a a long 14 years of expat experience, 
a lot of some companies HR is seen as the police and they can't be trusted. So if that's the way you feel, trust your intuition. Don't go to HR. Uh, go to your manager or your manager's manager. But if your intuition tells you that you can trust HR, go to HR. You just need to go to who you can trust. Um, you, you can't pinpoint it. Uh, unfortunately, um, there are some companies where HR are the police or they can't be trusted. There are companies where managers can't be trusted. So trust your instinct. Our gut and our instinct is extremely um, powerful and I don't think people trust their instinct enough. You need to just trust that and know the person to go to. It could be a confidant outside your function or it could be a mentor from a prior company that you might go to to ask for advice as to what to do. Mm. Okay, I feel that if you are being quietly fired but you are performing or you're doing your best, it's just a case of maybe you're not getting timely feedback, you should just leave the organisation. Do you really want to be working for a company with such reprehensible HR practices? Agree completely. I have left an organization before for exactly that. Oh dear, you were quietly fired. Not quietly fired. I disagreed with their practices. They didn't Uh, respect people, so I left. Yeah. uh, So yeah, absolutely. And don't, and I made the mistake of leaving it for too long and thought, oh, I need to have a year here just for my resume. Don't leave it for too long. If you've got that instinct straight away, move on. You know, as a person who was watching this happening within an organization, what did you do, Alex? Did you try to write the things that were wrong? Absolutely. I got shut down at every moment. Um, Mm. They talked the talk. People were not key to them. Culture was not key to them. And it uh, just the stress and the lack of sleep and it's not worth it. Walk away. Mm, Okay. Which brings me to my next point. If your organization becomes known for such reprehensible HR practices, it really doesn't serve you, does it? Because I'm pretty sure, Alex, if someone came to you and said, hey, I just got a job offer from this company X, I know you used to work there. You're probably going to tell them, you know what, don't work for that organization because I've seen them quietly fire a lot of people. In some cases, yes. In other cases, I mean, for most of my jobs, I've been passively recruited. So I've been fortunate enough to have moved on. But absolutely, I, you know, you hear all sorts of things. And EVP and company brand is so, so vital. And that's what um, managers don't realize is if you treat someone terribly on their exit, your employer brand is going to suffer. You need to have a boomerang employee if they're a performer, which is wish them luck. Maybe they'll go and do two years and get experience and come back to you. If not, they're going to speak about you fabulously, which is great. You don't want to have an employee leave you and be speaking terribly about your brand. Yeah, so clearly it will hurt your ability to attract the right talent and top talent. It's bad for business. Okay, so if a company has this culture, how would you say they can embark on the process of making things right? What exactly do they need to do in a nutshell? Quick takeaways. Quick takeaways. They need to be super transparent and they need to talk to their employees. So shoot them a survey and say, we've had this feedback during recent exit interviews or we've lost candidates, etc. What do you love about working for us? What can we do better? Just send them a bunch of questions. Make sure you respond. Make sure you act. And train your managers. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you very much for that, Alex. Alex Hatting, Chief People Officer at Employment Hero. Thanks for joining us on Primetime today, Alex. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg 
or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.